Welcome to Comically Comics, your one-stop listen to all things comics. We're talking books, movies, TV shows, video games, and more. I must forewarn you, though, we are a spoiler cast, and what that means is we consider all properties, past, future, and present to be valid, and we will spoil the hell out of them. I'm your host, Michael, along with my two co-hosts, Richard and Jeremy, and with all that being said, let's get started. All right, it is Sunday, January 22nd. Good number, by the way. <laughs> We've got episodes five and six. Uh, but for that, we had a teaser trailer drop for an independent comic book and its cartoon. And that teaser trailer was for Invincible Season 2. Now, we've complained in the past about trailers being called teasers and teasers being called trailers. Mm-hmm. I full-blown think this is like, this is what a teaser is. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Abs- <laughs> absolutely. This is what teasers used to be. Like, <laughs> I still go back to, I remember the Dark Knight teaser where it was just like blue flames that made like the shape of a bat symbol. And you heard Alfred saying like, some men don't, you know, want to be bought or bullied or bargained with. Some men just want to watch the world burn. And then it had uh, Heath Ledger's like Joker laugh. And that was it. That's all you got. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was the teaser. (laughs) I enjoyed this. Like, it, I thought it was comical, especially how they were like trying to make it real world about how, like, yeah, so they're doing the drawing and then they're doing the coloring and the inking <laughs> yeah. and they got to have me in there doing all the voice work and this, that, and another. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I like the meta. Have y'all, y'all haven't seen this show, right? Correct? No. I have not. Okay. Well, season one, it's great. And, don't watch this with your kids. It's not a, it, it looks like it should be a kid's cartoon show. It's not. Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> and if they watch Peacemaker, they'll be all right. No, oh my gosh. Well, that's what I was going to say is it's nothing like Peacemaker, but it is hyper violent. Let's just put it this way. One character, not spoiling it in case you guys do decide to watch it. And we maybe talk about it on the show. One character ends up shoving another character through like a subway train filled with people and those people just get like chunkified. Like they just get (laughs) like obliterated. (laughs) But yeah, anyway, uh, Seth Rogen plays the voice of Alan, the alien. I love the, the joke with that. I don't want to spoil that once again, if we watch the show, but anyway, he's in this trailer. I love it. I love that they're, they get meta, like you said, where they show like, Hey, this is the stuff that we have to do. Like, we are doing the things to make the show. It's just, believe it or not, like cartoons and voiceovers and everything else. It's kind of hard. It's not just drawing stuff and then throwing it up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was hoping that was Seth Rogen. I didn't know for sure. Like, I I love his voice acting, honestly. Like, his voice is just, it cracks me up, just him talking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, Richard, you said you'd seen season one. Mm-hmm. Have you read, though, any of the Invincible books? No, no, I have not. I have not. I would love to honestly read them, but there's just so much shit out there that you can consume <laughs> all at once. And I do a damn good job at consuming a lot of things, but unfortunately, I've never gotten around to it. I have had a lot spoiled for me. The key thing, what I would call the hook of the comic, mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil that because that's a big spoilery thing. I think it kind of gets spoiled in the first episode, but regardless, no, I have not read it, but I love what I've watched on this show. It, it's great. It's Kirkman. I like Kirkman. Some people don't. I like his kind of dark sense of humor, but yeah. Oh, Jeremy, have you read or watched any of this? No, no. <laughs> I, hadn't, I hadn't touched it. 
I definitely would give it a shot because I I don't know a lot of everything that's Kurtman's done, but of course we had, you know we've talked about The Walking Dead, and so I've read that and really enjoy it. So I definitely would be a, be willing to give it a shot. Cool. That was gonna be my question. If y'all would be interested in reading this, if y'all would be interested in watching this kind of thing, I feel like I've got my answer. Maybe we can do another podcast going over like one of the trades or something like that. Yeah. Have fun. Y'all out there in the audience, let us know. Should we be doing this? Email us. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. <laughs> cool. Y'all got anything else for the teaser? I don't think so. Nope. That's it. No dates or nothing. Just late 2023. And they were very adamant about that late 2023. <laughs> they were. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On to Peacemaker episodes five and six review. We will start off with episode five with Monkey Dory. <laughs> Synopsis is... The team has a lead on a factory that may be supplying the butterflies with food. They check it out with big, hairy results. <laughs> <laughs> and that can be taken so many ways. That's why I wrote it that way. Augie runs out, rats out Chris to Song and Fitz. Mern calls in help with the Augie situation, and Leota learns Mern's secret. So before we get into this episode, like into it, into it, let's do Wilms so far these two episodes and I want to start with Richard so Richard how is your whelming going with these two episodes and the series so far since we are now three quarters of the way through I feel I don't know I feel like this is weird honestly these two episodes bumped me into the overly whelmed I loved this episode in particular so far this uh what is it episode five is the best episode so far okay six is not bad but it's not as good as five but anyway yeah i'm overly whelmed by this this show now okay i was putting you first because jeremy has consistently been a fuck the show not in those words but <laughs> mine <laughs> and i'm just curious paraphrasing there yeah 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 <laughs> jeremy how are your feelings now about peacemaker uh after these two i will say that i am Actually, eatering on like whelmed to pleasantly whelmed. <laughs> wow, that's a big jump. Yeah, I thought it was going to be whelmed to underly whelmed. <laughs> yeah, like, ah, like I'm definitely in the whelmed, still in the whelmed, but in the higher part of the whelmed, I guess. But still not one that I'm just going to be like, oh, go watch this show. <laughs> but if you got nothing else to do, it's it, and you can get past the first two episodes at least, then you can. At least manage. I honestly think that's like the biggest thing is that, and I don't know how they dropped it, but I, I would suggest if you plan on watching this, just based off what we've seen so far, watch the first three. Like, go ahead and just yeah. binge those first yeah. three. I feel like you need to, honestly. Now, I know that's half the, well, no, it's not quite half the season, but it's pretty close. It's a third, a third of the season. The weird thing about this, though, is like, all shows are starting to do that now. Like, every show lately I've been seeing, I'm like, give it three episodes, give it four episodes, whatever it may be. I don't know why they don't include the thing that kind of hooks you or 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 gets the ball rolling in episode one. Because, like, the whole... To me, the whole thing that hooks you is when we finally learn what a butterfly is. Yeah. When uh, they kill Goff, and it's revealed that this is what's happening here. I don't know why they couldn't at least put that in episode one. Yeah, I would say I, I kind of agree on that because, like, that's really the only point that I, I started getting mild, mildly interested just because I was like, I just want to see what the heck it is and what's going on, kind of. 
But as we got into these, it kind of made me like, oh, okay, I want to go ahead and watch this next one. Before it was like, I, I, I ain't wait till next week to watch these next two kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I think also one of the reasons why I like this episode is Peacemaker is effective in this uh, right? like episode finally. <laughs> yeah. The entire time he's kind of just been incompetent and annoying. <laughs> and like Vigilante, while also annoying, has been the only one actually like doing stuff that effectively like helps the group out. But this episode, he's actually doing something. <laughs> yeah, and one thing I, I meant to say, like when talking about it, is I kind of agree with Harcourt as far as, but talking about the whole series so far, where it's eighty five percent a piece of crap, <laughs> and like fifteen percent good. <laughs> That's funny. That's great. <laughs> I I am if we're going with my whelm real quick. I would have to say like. I agree with you. Like, this is by far my favorite episode, episode five. I feel like this is where, like, a bunch of the story, like, we're actually getting story at this point in time and, like, comedy sprinkled in here instead of it being just full-blown fuck story, let's do all comedy and have him, you know, 20 minutes try to escape an apartment complex. (laughs) I feel like we're actually getting, like, the actual story. So, I'm feeling a lot better about this now. Uh, I'd say I'm in a pleasantly well. I was with y'all as far as like I was ready to go ahead and start watching the rest of it and be done with it and figure out you know the ending and stuff so yeah that was me as well you saying I had in my notes factory scene was fun that was by far like the funnest thing (laughs) in this this TV show by far just and and honestly one of my notes was gonna be why did it take this long for us to get x-ray vision yeah but then in my head I asked myself well, why didn't you think of X-ray vision when you first started watching this? Like, if you didn't think of it, why why would you be asking, why is it taking this long? So I kind of scratched that off and was like, oh, I'm being stupid there. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I I thought that was totally cool. Him just going through, uh, through doors. Yeah. Waiting for people around the corner. I was just like, yes, this is awesome. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. And I just, I like the way it even just started off, just, they just jump right into it. You know, they're trying to be all kind of secretive or co-op like kind of thing going in. And he just blows the first person's head off that he sees. <laughs> and so I thought that was pretty good. And then like, I love the scene where he's, he has this like, I don't even know what it is, but it's like a, a, a missile tip or something. Oh, he said, it, <laughs> yeah. he said it was a, a Russian <laughs> uh, tank mortar, I believe, yeah. or a, a tank shell or something like that with a, a grenade strapped to it. <laughs> Where did he even keep that? Like <laughs> under his pillow. <laughs> he had it in his book bag. He pulled it out. I just love that. She's like, why not just throw the grenade? He's like, a grenade kills two people. <laughs> She's like, well, how many does this kill? I don't know. Never used it before. <laughs> My favorite moment though, why I think it's the best episode is we see a gorilla killed with a chainsaw. <laughs> like, I, I did not expect that at all. Yeah. My note for it, when Vigilante pulls out the chainsaw, I just said, Chekhov's chainsaw. Like, uh, yeah. you introduce a chainsaw, that chainsaw is going to get used. And of course, yeah, it does on Charlie the gorilla, but that's one of my favorite moments. <laughs> that poor gorilla. 
Which, of course, we saw Charlie in the, I think it was the episode prior to this one. I think it was four, where he he was the one that was on the TV, escaped from the zoo and all that jazz. So so he was, like, I mean, he was in, like, had a, a butterfly, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I would assume. Yeah. He was a butterfly. He talked. He was also, yeah. he bent Peacemaker's, like, automatic shotgun weapon that he had. Oh, yeah. Because, uh. He was about to use it on him, and then the gorilla, like, bent it, and he was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Why wouldn't the butterflies just go for all, like, apes? You know what I mean? Because they said that they they make whatever they inhabit even more, like, they unlock all the potential. Four times. Yeah. Yeah, you learned that from from Economist PowerPoint, that they're four times (laughs) stronger. (laughs) I love a lot from that scene. Where he's like, they go through the butt, <laughs> and Vigilante's like, they're aliens, that doesn't make them gross, or whatever, and he says something about, like, that's bigotry, and then he's like, Superman has a poop fetish. <laughs> where, where did you hear that? And he's like, I learned it on Google. <laughs> just fucking, this shit was so dumb, but funny, and anyway... <laughs> Well, and then the list of names, because he was mad at Economist, <laughs> yeah. going through, and he keep having to say, he's dead. She's dead. <laughs> <laughs> or or some of them were even not even real. Because I think, yeah. I don't know if it's in the uh, post-credit scene, but he lists off some. He's like, Bert, Ernie, the, <laughs> the two old guys in the balcony, <laughs> the red Voltron robot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if y'all noticed, but also Economist's beard is slowly turning gray. Like, in other words, he's not dying it anymore. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't pay attention to that. I did notice this like white line coming across the top here, and then like slowly right through here. Mm-hmm. So that is pretty funny. That's funny. Dye beard. They seem to have bonded over some '80s music going down the road. No, yeah. from, back from their mission and stuff like that. So that was good to see. Yeah. Towards the end, we get where Leota is invited into Peacemaker's trailer, not for boning, which she was concerned about, (laughs) but for an actual drink. And she winds up putting the diary that her mother had given her to plant on the trailer. What's the deal with this diary? Yeah, I don't... That's one of the issues I have. Like, honestly, at a bio, I have a ton of issues with as far as the beginning of this episode there's this drama with her wife that I'm like I don't fucking care about you're a character that they just invented for this show and like it's this unnecessary drama like I don't get the point of it and then I get I get the point of them saying like oh you know she's the daughter of one of the baddest bitches in the DC universe Amanda Waller and she's wanting her to do this super immorally thing to Peacemaker, who's now, I guess, kind of like her friend. As far as what's up with it, they're framing him for something. What? I don't know. And it doesn't make sense because, like, the the reason why it doesn't make sense to me, or maybe y'all can help me out. Maybe I'm just being stupid. But they hired that weird guy that took over the police chief and he's the one that was like trying to keep them off of Peacemaker's back and still framing it onto Augie. But like, in other words, I know it wasn't Amanda Waller, but um, whatever the uh, Mern, Mern was the guy that called him in. But Amanda's also got like a third person who's in on all this, which is Adebayo to plant the thing, to frame him. 
Like there's, it makes no sense to me. Maybe it'll be revealed in these next two episodes, but it's so confusing. Well, and it like, so it, it makes me wonder if he actually really did any, like really actually created that diary because whenever they first ask him about it, he just completely denies it. Like not even a bashful kind of denial type thing where like maybe they, he actually really did write it, but it was just a straight up no. And then also in that diary, they had where he had written about just wiping out where they, they came and stormed his trailer and all that kind of stuff in there. So I, it just, it, it already had things in it that hadn't necessarily happened by the time that Leota had put it in his trailer. Mm-hmm. So it was just, I don't know, it was kind of weird. I definitely think he didn't write it because they showed that thing in like the first episode when she's like talking with Waller and she's like, you know, have you got the thing? And she's like, yeah, and she's talking about how like she doesn't want to necessarily do it, and she's like, "But you know who his dad is." Blah blah blah. So I like I don't understand the point of framing Peacemaker unless Waller just wants him back in prison so that she can manipulate him more for some Suicide Squad stuff. Yeah, that would be my guess was that she wants him back for the Task Force X or whatever. Yeah, but Jeremy was hitting on what I was bothered with is that like the diary was talking about things that like Waller couldn't even have put in there because that that stuff hadn't even happened yet. What are you what are y'all referring to? Because I'm confused here. So come episode like towards episode six, the ending of that, mm-hmm. you get the that press conference. Thank you. Like they're yeah. revealing everything. Right. Yeah. And he's talking about everything. He's talking about the alien invasion, the what Peacemaker did here and there and that they did the factory assault and all that other jet. He's talking about all the things that just happened in the previous episodes. And Leota has had the thing since episode one. Yeah. But the way I understood it is he's saying he had a diary where he's like a crazy person and saying that all these people are being invaded by aliens, which is in the diary, but the whole massacre at the, uh, what the, the Gentai, what was it called? Anyway, the 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 serum, whatever, the honey manufacturing plant. He was just saying that he's linked to the massacre that happened at whatever it was. I don't think he said it was in the diary itself. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't taking it that way at all when I watched it. So oh, okay. Yeah, I thought he was saying that it was like written in the diary that I could be completely wrong, but Yeah. I don't think I'll be going back to check. <laughs> <laughs> How, uh, <laughs> y'all were laughing at me a second ago. What were y'all laughing about? You you said wearied. You're, you were wearied. Oh, yeah. Well, it's because I'm <laughs> will we tired. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just laughing because Jeremy made a face when you said it. <laughs> I was just laughing at Jeremy. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right. So to hit on Augie real quick, just to catch up on him, he sat there and finally got a meeting with Song and Fitz and basically convinced him to take his fingerprints over again. And it proved that those weren't his fingerprints didn't line up. Mm-hmm. That was his way of possibly getting out until Mern had called in help. So I was under the impression this guy was a butterfly. Were y'all not the same? Yeah. Augie? No, not well, Augie. No, no, the, no, no, no. Locke. Is that his name? Ca- Captain Locke. Yes. Yes, Locke. Uh, yeah, I thought he was a I thought he was a butterfly too. Sure as hell didn't look like it in episode six, though. Yeah, no, he he's de- he's definitely not one. He got turned into one in episode six. Yeah. Well, the only thing I wondered on that is if he 
if he was a butterfly, like if he was with Mern, Mern and this guy had swapped and like, you know, changing their path or whatever. So like maybe they just killed that butterfly instead, but like, because they betrayed him. That's a bit of a stretch, I think personally, but. So there was a butterfly fight going on in his brain? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a bit of a stretch, I think, but I mean, that could be it. Who knows? I, the guy was fucking crazy, so. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, I love that actor. That actor's been in a ton of things. He plays a really great, like, creepy weirdo. But it seems like Locke knew Mern, like, unbutterflied Mern in the past. Because he brings up about something like, you're a long way from wherever. I can't remember the name of the place. And he says something about like, you know, you you did terrible things. I did terrible things. But the dude's clearly a psychopath, <laughs> especially by the like post credit. Yeah. In that one episode. I forget which episode it is, but. That was the last one. Next mm-hmm. one. But yeah, that, like I said, the him, including him trying to like cover up Peacemaker, but also the diary stuff it seems like they're doing things and then they're undoing things. And it's because like, they're not all communicating with each other. And I don't understand why. <laughs> <laughs> well, to me, it kind of makes sense because Waller is a bitch and she's all about whatever it is her plan is. And she's not going to let everybody know what her plan is. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So like, even though they're doing their own thing of what they think is, you know, what Waller's wanting, Waller's got other, she's wanting that done plus some. Yeah. Which is where Leota comes in. Right. No, I agree. I just, it's just not making sense right now. Cause I'm like, yeah. I don't know. It's to me, it's like they're saying, like, well, we need to paint this wall red. And then whatever, Mern hires a guy and he paints it black. And you're like, what? Why? Why did you do that? Like, <laughs> that's the easiest way I can explain it. I'm just like, it's confusing. It seems like there's a, like a couple, I mean, obviously just these couple, two or three storylines, plot lines that just haven't necessarily given, shown where they're going to collide yet. Yeah. Obviously, they're going to, but just just don't know what's what's going on exactly. Double agents. We got double agents. <laughs> yeah. All right. Don't go on to episode six. Real quick, there's just a couple of things I wanted to mention. The one I forgot when they were mentioning all the different, like, names that economists could have framed instead of Augie. He says the line, all the cunts on Riverdale. And... <laughs> I just find that funny because the actor who plays Fitzgibbons, one of the police officers investigating with a song, he is played by the actor's real name is Lachlan Monroe, and he is on Riverdale. So that's probably a jab at him. <laughs> Do you think that's kind of their, the whole Riverdale thing? That's a CW show. Yeah. So, like, that's owned by WB and put out by WB and all that jazz. Do you think that's kind of their way of being, like, that's a whole, like, that's a whole TV universe since it's on the same channel as The Flash, Naomi, Arrow, Mm -hmm. Legends of Tomorrow? Like, is that their way of being, like, no, those are all TV shows. That's not, we're not connected to that at all. Yeah, it could be. I mean, the... There's an episode, I want to say it was on the Crisis on Infinite Earths that was on CW. Anyway, there's an episode of The Flash where he meets Ezra Miller's Flash. They kind of established that Ezra Miller didn't have a name for him. Like, he didn't have a superhero name. And he's talking with Grant Gustin's Flash, and he says something like, you know, you're the Flash. And he's all like, 
Flash. Yeah, that's a good name <laughs> or something. Okay. So they're in world canon explaining that Ezra Miller got the name The Flash from Grant Gustin CW Flash. So somehow those tie together. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Archie is also like Riverdale, Archie and all that stuff is also one of those weird properties where it has literally tied in with everything. Yeah. So while it could be a TV show in the the new DC universe, it could also eventually tie in with something. <laughs> that is true because Archie has versus the Punisher from Marvel. Yeah. And yep. also the Predator. Yep. I was just about to say that one. Yep. The Predator. And the Predator more on one occasion. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There, there's been there's been multiple ones. <laughs> the other thing is we get a clipping, a paperclip clipping of Peacemaker apprehending Kite Man. Yes. Yes. I forgot all about that. So Kite Man's canon now. Yep. And this should lead you into episode six because he immediately talks about that at the beginning of the episode. Oh, okay. So we've got episode six. Real quick. Uh, Mern after burning. Augie is released from jail and prepares to take out his son. The police go to arrest Chris. Peacemaker and Vigilante get away. And so does Goff, but not at how you think. Goff takes over a song and calls for backup. Is this the episode, I assume, that where he started out in like the classroom with the janitor from yeah. the hospital? <laughs> He's calling all those little kids god awful names. <laughs> I can't. Okay. I love. I'm sorry. It, technically, it starts off with Mern explaining to Adebayo everything, but yeah, then it goes to Peacemaker talks to kids at the school how he took down one of the most dangerous villains, Kite Man, and all this stuff. But yeah, he says, I love that he's asking quiz, uh, one of the kids, and he he uh, one of them asks how Kite Man was able to carry thirty a thirty pound ruby and not be affected by gravity. Another one, he asks if he has a coterie of supervillains, and he just immediately skips him. Another kid, he calls a gender-swapped Alfred E. Newman, and, and she asks if he's ever met the Flash. He replies with, yes, and he's what everyone says he is. He's a total D-bag or something like that. And... Uh, one of the kids, he says, like, he calls them a uh, Canadian tuxedo, which I looked <laughs> up. I didn't know what the fuck that was. It's apparently if you wear a denim jacket with denim jeans, <laughs> apparently that's a Canadian tuxedo, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, he was he was throwing out all kinds of things that were just absurd. And uh, I think he went to cuss or something like that. And he said effing or something. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy was like, dude. He's like, what? I said effing. <laughs> he said that one of them asked if he had ever met Wonder Woman. And he said, no, but I saw her at a party once and she IF'd the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So, and this one, like one of the things like, well, and also back on that, we learned that he might be a dad, which is that scary thought. <laughs> Yeah, one girl's like, did you know Becky Coolidge? And he's like, Becky Coolidge? She's like, that's my mom. And he's like, oh, yeah, she used to bartend at the uh, Starlight Lounge. And uh, he's like, Becky Coolidge, yeah, that's right. I haven't seen her in like 10 years. And she's like, I think you might be my real dad. And he just goes, what? And the teacher's like, okay. Uh <laughs> <laughs> On the escape scene from the trailer part, did y'all think we were getting another balcony scene when they were sitting there up in the trees? <laughs> 
one of the things that annoyed me the most about that, like especially rewatching it, is one to say good about it. I love Eagly. Eagly is probably my favorite character in the show. <laughs> like I love yeah. when Eagly's just playing with like one of those little, I don't know, milk top rings or something on top of the roof. But the thing that annoyed me is they specifically show a scene, which I think they should have cut, of a police officer looking up and seeing Eagly on top of the roof. Yes. And then, like, nobody, I'm sorry, but from that perspective, they would have absolutely seen John Cena's giant Hulk ass on top (laughs) of that damn roof. If you can see eagerly, you can see fucking John Cena in red. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. In bright red and blue. (laughs) And the other thing that bothered me is Vigilante has been about, like, I got to protect my, uh, my secret identity. You know, I always wear my mask. When they took his mask off, he does the little face-changing bullshit thing. When people call him vigilante, he he's like, who's that? Or, I don't know who that is. Anyway, he just randomly shows up to his trailer with no fucking mask on. It was just <laughs> weird to me. Um, but yes, that scene annoyed the hell out of me. <laughs> I didn't even catch that, that he walked in without a mask. Like, I did like that just didn't even, didn't even yeah. register. Yeah. Yeah. Good eyes. <laughs> <laughs> And on that whole scene there, like, uh, you know, that's when we see the butterfly takeover song, which that, that like, just, I don't know, th- those kind of things, like, just give me the willies. Because, like, <laughs> it just makes me think of, like, the, like, I always hated the face huggers and just the, <laughs> yes. it's just gross to me. And I'm just like, I just started, I was like, oh, oh my gosh, I had to, like, look away for a minute. Just because, I mean, like, the blood stuff, all that kind of thing doesn't bother me, but just the, like, going in your mouth and all doing, and, uh, I just couldn't handle it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, Richard made a point here early on when we started reviewing this about how it was like, oh, it's aliens again. This honestly is Suicide Squad all over again. Same Mm -hmm. James Gunn doing Suicide Squad, like same director, same writer, same everything. It's just we're replacing Starro and it Starro spores with this race of of butterfly mm-hmm. aliens doing this the taking over mind control again and and no hope of of getting them out without that person dying like that's yeah it's not happening so like same thing that is kind of disappointing honestly yep yeah that is <laughs> but yeah i was really like they started jumping from tree i was like a limb's going to break and then it's going to be falling from one branch to the other to try and get away. I was just like, oh God, I'm not, I can't, I can't do this again. <laughs> yeah, I cannot do this again. So I'm glad it did not turn into that. What do you think that golf was trying to like convey to Peacemaker? Just getting the fuck out of the jar? Yeah, I think, I really think golf, I don't know, maybe we're wrong, but I think golf, because everything Mern's saying is that golf, like they're bad people like or bad butterflies. And Mern wants to, like, be a good person. Maybe Mern's lying. Maybe that'll be the twist in the end of all this. But it seems to me like Golf was just lying to try and get out. But until we know more, that's my take on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly have no idea. I mean, uh, I would probably, say, like, think the same thing as far as it, he just doing what he can to befriend Peacemaker. But I, I really, there's no telling if he was actually trying to convey anything really but yeah i i think he is bad the whole time because as we're going to talk about later on like as soon as he got power and and having song and then you know somebody taking over lock like they immediately are starting to go after peacemaker like it's mm-hmm. uh, 
So it's not even like to help him out to try and figure out who Mern is or anything like that. Like it, it's on with business about taking over again. One of the things I want to know is can a butterfly, does a butterfly know another, like in other words, does golf, if golf came in contact with Mern, do they know that they're both butterflies? I mean, Mern obviously knows because they know Song got infected, but I'm just saying like, if Song meets Mern, does, does Song know that Mern's a butterfly as well? Like, is there some way they can sense each other? It's a good question. Yeah, I was gonna say, I, I have no. You would think that there'd be something, some kind of you know, frequency or whatever that they could yeah. hear or sense. I was gonna say, there's, there's never been any kind of like confrontation between somebody that was secretly a butterfly talking to somebody else. Not that we know of, anyways, yet. So, mm-hmm. like, I was hoping that Locke was a butterfly, and then we kind of would have had that whole like song and lock kind of thing for like one scene, I think, if even that. Yeah, it really did seem like he was a butterfly because that first episode with him, when he like knocks on the window and Mern's like, who the fuck knocks on a window when you have a door? (laughs) 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 Like, so I thought maybe it was like, oh, he's an alien. He just doesn't understand. Well, and like his whole disregard to those people dying and like killing them and stuff like he, he didn't have feelings either. Mm hmm. You know, and so I was like, okay, this guy, you know, Mern's called him like this guy is definitely a butterfly. There's no way he's not. Yeah. Unless like Jeremy said, there was a whole, you know, MMA fight going on inside the dude's brain. Like, <laughs> you never know. I thought about, I thought that, I thought that too. I mean, I was like, okay, well maybe they just duped it out, but I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. I will say the invasion scene when song calls on all those people, mm-hmm. the soundtrack that went with that, and like everything, like all the stuff that was going on, that was the best scene in this entire episode right here. Yeah. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. When they're walking, when everybody's infected and you see like the prison inmates are being let out and they're all walking and we learn, I think either in this episode or the previous one, that when they get a new body trying to learn how to like make faces again, like smile and stuff, it's hard for each body. And they're all doing creepy ass smiles. Yeah. <laughs> I, I my note was like that scene was creepy as fuck. Because <laughs> like the the lock guy, man, if I don't know what his accent is, but he could totally play the Joker if he was like maybe a tad bit shorter. He <laughs> looks like the fucking Joker when he's smiling. Yes! <laughs> I told my wife that as we were watching it, I was like, oh, wow, he looks like the Joker. And she's like, yeah, he does. <laughs> I don't care that he's tall or anything. Put him in the Pattinson film. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. actually, yeah, that would work. That'd be kind of cool. I also love uh, Song's partner. Fitz something. Fitz Gibbons. I forget what it's called. But if you look at him, he's he's like doing <laughs> like a goofy smile. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was it was going well with the the song that was playing Monster, and you have uh, what's his name Augie getting suited up during the same kind of kind of scene. Yeah, I was gonna say I got I put in my notes Augie looks like a slouch till he's in the white dragon costume. Yes, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I thought too. I was like, wow, he got like ripped real quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's those padded suits <laughs> giving muscles. <laughs> got some good spandex going on in there. I need one of those suits. <laughs> I was going to say that suit does wonders because I was like, oh, wow. Like he's like, I'm I'm totally with you. Like I, I understand the whole padding and stuff like that. And I guess it's just maybe his posture. 
Like he just has good posture the whole time. But like when he gets in that suit, I was like, wow, he looks like a badass there. I was trying to look it up. It's Monster is the name of the song and the artist is Reckless Love. It's a cool song. I thought it was yeah. very appropriate for that scene. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. We're talking about Augie and stuff like that. His banter between him and Song. Oh, no. Like it's <laughs> freaking hilarious to me. Yeah. And like, I love how she just starts calling him every single white guy that she can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what she called him last, but then like Fitz had to jump in and was like, wouldn't want to be. And she looks over at him like, motherfucker. I, I, <laughs> Which I thought that was kind of funny because, like, you know, back when she first did it and called him a fork, and <laughs> Fitzgibbons like looked at her like, "What are you doing? <laughs> Why would you go with fork?" <laughs> yeah. Oh man. My favorite rebuttal to Augie that she says is he says something super racist. He says something like "Ching Chong Ching" or something like that. And she's like, oh, well, that means, you know, like, my haircut looks like someone took a shit on my head or something like that. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. <laughs> I think that's the scene. I think that's what yeah. she's, I think that's what she said. And then he said, yeah. oh, wouldn't want to be you or something like that. And mm-hmm. she's like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love at the beginning of this scene when Mern. well, actually, hang on. I have beef with the way episode five ends. And then episode six starts. Like, if Mern truly is a good butterfly, why the fuck does he react that way? Like, she puts on the x-ray vision thing, turns around and sees sees Mern, and sees that he's a butterfly. He immediately, like, goes like, Rah! and then, like, chases after her right? into the rain, and then it ends. And I'm like, these episodes, I believe, were released week to week. And the only thing I can think of is just it's one of those dumb like, uh oh, you gotta you gotta see next week to see what happens yeah. moments. Yeah, and it's just like I hate when they do that. They do that in comics. They do that all the time and things. I hate when they do stuff like that because then this one he's all like, I'm not gonna kill you, and then he explains everything. I'm like, I really wish because I think James Gunn's a smart writer. I really wish she'd have been like, then why the fuck were you acting that way? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. The uh, but the the funny thing that I like when they're talking and he says something about like you know Goff's a female and she's like well what how do you know that and he's like because she has a vagina <laughs> and she's like what do you call her and he's like well we we aliens don't name our genitalia she's like no what do you name what do you call Goff <laughs> or whatever and he says something about like ick stack ick ick and her reply is. This shit is getting goofy. <laughs> I just think that's, I, I don't know. To me, that's probably going to be the outro clip for this episode. I just love that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you 100%. I know it's that whole catch me, you know, oh, what's going to happen like you were just talking about. But uh, I feel like we've grown past that. Have we not? Can't we just, you know? Well, I think uh, like with what Richard said, I think The Walking Dead kind of wore that out. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. Walking Dead. <laughs> I could spend a whole episode talking about The Walking Dead and their st- stupid baiting and switching bullshit between. <laughs> anyway. Not only does Abraham get it, but so does Glenn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to me, that wasn't even the. Like, that's fine. I think that was Kirkman 
wanting to do something different or maybe, I don't know. I don't know what the whole behind the scenes on that was. I just hate that you could tell they were just doing it to milk viewership so that they could sell more ads because my God, when that show came on, you'd get like two minutes and then a commercial, two minutes and then a commercial, two minutes and then a commercial. It was like fucking hell. Eventually I just stopped. I would record it and watch it like another day later or something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was bad with the commercials. Yeah. Wonder what the runtime on those would be. <laughs> oh, no. No, no. Seven minutes. Okay. All right. Well, uh, just real quick the actual runtime for episode five <laughs> is 39 minutes, 27 seconds. <laughs> the actual runtime for episode six is 43 minutes and 51 seconds. Oh, oh. my God. All right. We got two more episodes left, guys. Two more episodes yep. left. So, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> You're enjoying it. I have a question. What do you what do you what do you think the cow is? <laughs> I figured it was a butterfly that went up a cow's butt. <laughs> God, that's so <laughs> gross. <laughs> that's, that's quite literal with that. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just. He asked me. That's what I think it is. I think a cow. I think a butterfly. You know, was one of the dumb ones, and it blew up a cow's butt. <laughs> I think this is. I think this is DC's way of getting ahead of Marvel because. You know, this is very much a secret invasion kind of uh, storyline here. And the scrolls were turned into cows back in the day in the comic books in the Fantastic Four. So I think this is kind of like a, ha Marvel, we beat you to it. <laughs> yeah, and they, when they're um, with the Super Sons, there was something with Manchester Black and one of the cows involved Bat Cow and stuff like that. I can't remember. Anyway. Yeah, no, that's what I literally think. I think it's, I think it's cow. It's. A, you know, have, has a butterfly for a brain or um, one of its hearts or stomachs. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wherever the wherever a cow keeps its brain, <laughs> wherever whatever a cow has multiple organs of. I mean, just <laughs> replace it with a butterfly. Jeremy, uh, sure, we'll go with that one too. <laughs> <laughs> you just agreed with me that, that a cat that a butterfly went up a cow's butt, and that's yeah. what it is. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I apparently, I guess Superman will be there. <laughs> He's got a finish. Yep. Says Google anyway. We do not. We do not condone coprophilia in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. Anything else y'all want to add? Tail into this. <laughs> Phrasing. Yeah, I think I'm good. <laughs> The caboose of this episode? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm good. Yeah. All right. Well, Jeremy, where can they find you at? Uh, They can find me on Twitch under the handle Night Fury GTO. It's Night with a K. And you can find me here. All right. Richard, where can they find you at? If you want to contact me directly, I have a Twitter. My Twitter handle is Night Curry, night like day and night, and Curry with a K. If you want to contact us directly, we have a Gmail. Our Gmail is comicallycomicspodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to check us out on YouTube, TikTok, or Instagram, you can check us out under the name Comically Comics Podcast. I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the episode, but did you or did you not pass 500 subscribers? I did. I did pass 500 subscribers. Thanks for Ooh, asking. Hey, congratulations. Thank you. I, th- I am officially right now is at this recording at 510 subscribers. I'm waiting on CGC to get my book in and then grade it and then send it back. And then I will be 
putting out a video, giving you approximately two weeks to finish getting in your ballot to win that book plus another book and a mystery box. Yeah. Awesome. But in the meantime, you can find me at Instagram and eBay at 22 underscore comics. You can also find me on YouTube at 22 comics. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did making it. With all that being said, say goodbye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye. Don't slip on cow shit on the way out. <laughs> Unlike humans, we don't name our genitalia. No, the one in Goth. What was her real name? You can't pronounce it with a human tongue. I suppose it'd be something like Ick, stack, ick, ick. Ick, stack, ick, ick. Yes. This shit is getting goofy.